Hello and welcome to the County Line, discussions of party politics from the Washoe County Republican Party. Good morning. Good morning. Are we still in the morning? You know, um, when you're retired, uh, your morning is uh, flexible. I love that. Margarita Jacobson, it's so nice to have you here on the County Line. It's great to be here. I have heard very little about you, but what I have heard is fairly exceptional. And so I'm pretty excited to talk to you and get your point of view of just our local area and what brought you here and how long you've been here and and to know a little bit about you. So uh, we, uh, as a family, my husband and I, uh, moved here from uh, San Francisco Bay Area where we spent um, 30 plus years Mm -hmm. uh, living and working in high tech mostly. Uh, about a y- eight years ago, um, we love uh, Tahoe area. We're um, avid skiers. We oh. love the outdoors. And so about eight years ago, we bought a property here in Galena Forest uh, just as a vacation mm-hmm. uh, place where we could come away from the hustle and bustle of um, Silicon Valley and online yeah. and ski, uh, have friends over, have family over. Um with the idea that eventually it will become our uh, retirement home. Yeah. And we specifically chose uh, the place, of course, for its natural beauty. Oh, yeah. But also because it was um, in Nevada. Very cool. So that was the idea to move to Nevada when, when we retire. I did an interview once with a comedian named Adam Carolla. Are you familiar with Adam Carolla? Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, when we did the interview, and I, I was expecting for him to go into comedian mode, but I asked him a question of what did he remember of Reno? Mm-hmm. And his answer was that he just remembered being in the forest and driving between Tahoe and Reno and how everything was beautiful everywhere. And I thought that was pretty profound. Here's a moment where he could have said anything, any number of jokes to be a comedian. And and the right. lasting impression is what you talk about. Yes, it, it is an absolutely gorgeous area. One of our favorite, We've, uh, as I said, we're skiers. So we traveled around uh, the country, skied in Utah, skied in Colorado. Yeah. And we love uh, Tahoe area. Oh. This is, this feels like home. Oh, I love it. Also, um, our daughter, who's a um, snowboarder, uh, used to oh, yeah. work at uh, various resorts around uh, Tahoe area as a, a ski and snowboarding instructor. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's... Mountain people. Mountain that's people. We, <laughs> we love the forest. And Isn't it cool how the area is kind of a... It's a state of mind home. You don't have to be born here to feel at home here. That is true. That is absolutely true. I also know... Uh, a lot of um, uh, friends and uh, uh, acquaintances from uh, long ago and new acquaintances, people who moved from California to Nevada um, years ago and recently for whom it is becoming home. Isn't that just lovely? And where were you born? Uh, my husband and I were born in the uh, former Soviet Union, uh, in oh. uh, what now it's a separate country, but it used to be a Republic of uh, Ukraine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
where we've uh, spent uh, half of our lives. Sure. Okay. And then towards the uh, end of our life in this former Soviet Union, we moved to Lithuania, which now is a separate country as well. It's mm-hmm. a, another Baltic state. Yeah. So that's where our half of our lives. Uh, I never, I never thought I would uh, see it. I remember being so small when this collapse started to happen in the Soviet Union, and everything started to change, and then. I wouldn't even know where to begin with the right kind of enlightened questioning. So I'm just going to ask kind of the simple question of, will you give us some overview about just the differences of living Soviet Union, Ukraine, Lithuania versus living Silicon Valley and Tahoe? Oh my, um, it is a very loaded question. <laughs> it has a lot to offer, doesn't and, it? Right, and it would take um, days and months to describe everything wow. there is to But um, in a nutshell, if I was to uh, choose one uh, profound difference, mm-hmm. um, I would say... It is moving from the life and existence as a slave oh. into a life of a free person that owns his or her own destiny. Wow. It, it is also loaded. And that's uh, a big nutshell, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a lot to, to uh, kind of digest. Uh, but uh, those who've lived in... Uh, any communist country, uh-huh. not necessarily just Soviet Union. Soviet Union is the, uh, the big evil yeah, empire, yeah, 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 yeah. as we <laughs> say, right? The one that sort of started this whole um, uh, evil and spread it around the world. But anybody who lived in any of the communist country understands what it means to be a slave in the sense of not owing, not owning your own destiny, not knowing yeah. what is going to happen to you. Or being a complete slave to your system. Being completely subjugated by the system, um, being made to do what others decide and force you to do, uh-huh. not knowing and not having any power over any uh, serious uh, life-impacting decisions, uh-huh. not owing property. Yeah. Um, and uh, essentially under um, tyranny. Wow. So if that describes it, um, yeah, I can give you uh, gazillions of examples, uh, but that... That's a pretty good, and I tell you, it brings something to my mind in the moment. American politics uh, affords us the liberty to be very cavalier with the things we say and do. And we live in an age where people are constantly name-calling each other on their politics. You're a communist, commie this, commie that. And it isn't really until sitting with you here and just hearing this nutshell 
that I go, oh, that is so tremendously insensitive to live in a country that affords you all freedom, freedom to own your own destiny, freedom to accuse somebody else of taking away that, but then to sit with somebody who's really lived in that and knows the difference of like, you know, arguing politics versus actually living in a system that owns you. Right. That's a significant insensitivity that I think people should be aware of, maybe left and right, uh, when throwing words around like that. That's, that's a, a very deep thought, I would say. Thanks, I'm not known for those. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what it was like to live there. I mean, t- and tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that maybe stands out for you or things that uh, are just so contrastingly different that they come to mind maybe. So uh, one of the main reasons um, we felt uh, oppressed maybe even more than uh other folks, uh, is uh, the religious freedom. Ah. Um, We come, both my husband and I, come from uh, Jewish ancestry, and Uh uh, being a Jew in the Soviet Union was essentially a crime. Uh. No matter what uh, official line was telling, uh, it was um, uh, criminal to learn Hebrew language, um, I mean, literally, if you caught uh, teaching or learning Hebrew, uh, you would go to a labor camp. Oh, my God. Not an exaggeration. I know people who um, suffered that. No people, not new. I, no, I know people yeah. who, uh, yeah, they now live in uh, Israel. Some of them live in the United States. Those yeah. who are lucky to escape. And we're not talking 85 years ago wartime. No. Yeah. No, we're talking... 30, 35, 40 years ago. In the country that uh, advertised itself around the world as a beacon of freedom. So uh, you cannot believe a word of what was said about it. So essentially, if if you're Jewish, no matter what the official line was saying, if you try to learn the language, if you try to observe... Um, the traditions, anything uh, that empowers any, your culture. That's right, culture or religion. Um, you were criminalized uh, and punished. Wow, what and forms of punishment? What what kind of punishment? Um, so, as I said, learning Hebrew was prohibited. Uh-huh. That was a prohibited uh, language, and uh, if you caught, you could be indicted and and sent to and labor to camp. camps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you uh, gather to celebrate holidays, formerly there were synagogues uh, in large cities, but uh, they were all under surveillance of KGB. Mm-hmm. And there were things that were allowed to be said there and things that are not allowed. Mm-hmm. So essentially, if you go to a synagogue, know that you're going to be surveilled and yeah. you're going to be um, under the thumb of KGB. And not, let alone, you won't get the full expression of your faith. No, you cannot. You cannot. Well, in, in general, uh, when Bolsheviks came to power in 1917, their goal was to squash the religion, any religion. Wow. So they started by burning 
churches mm. and um, shooting priests. Those who survived uh, were sent to exile to Siberia, where many of wow. them died. So the, the uh, goal uh, of the new regime was to eradicate uh, dis- eradicate the religion, disempower people, uh, take the religion away, traditional religion, Christian, yeah. Jewish, uh, Catholic, any any type mm-hmm. of religion, and replace it with uh, governing um, body. That's right. Yeah. A faithless land is a very scary place. Exactly, and we experienced what it was like. Taking religion away is taking the soul and heart of the nation away and killing it. And that's what they want to do. They want to kill the soul of the people so they don't ever have the inclination to speak against what is happening. My God, it sounds like American politics in 2021 a little bit in the first onsets. And I say that knowing the gravity of the sensitivity that I just asked for. Because now it's people really doing that to each other, neighbor to neighbor. I mean, really trying to enforce their way of life on each other. That's not what we're doing here. And now to sit with you and put it in context, I mean, obviously it's far more escalated, far more exaggerated. Exactly. But it doesn't change the beginnings the roots of where that behavior comes from. In 1917, when they took over that regime with the intention to eradicate everything that wasn't them, uh, that starts with some very basic demoralization principles. I am stunned to hear it in context. I'm stunned to hear uh, that, that only a decade or two or three ago, people are, and probably still, uh, being imprisoned for practicing their religion, their faith, their what they know to guide them through life. Right. Me without my faith, it's no good. I've already lived. I lived a life without faith for myself, and I did not behave well. Uh, I didn't get it. It's so necessary. Yeah, it is the soul of of any individual, whether they realize they formally subscribe to religion or not, those guiding principles and moral values is what makes us human beings. My God, our light, that's so true. Uh, this dialogue has been so moving for me. I, uh, I, We haven't even scratched the surface of what right. we could get into, and I'm so emotional on the topic already. I would love for people here to understand what of the value of freedom and not take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Because as we can see, with the stroke of the pen, it could be taken away. Oh. And when you lose it, only then you understand how precious mm-hmm. was what you had and how easy it is to lose yeah. and how difficult it is to gain okay. it back. Yeah. And from somebody who had to gain her freedom in the first place. Right. So if I had to say something to American public today, I would say, please understand what you have. Please fight for it with all your might. 
please understand that those of us who escaped oppression, who um, experienced a great sacrifice, personal, um, any any type of sacrifice that was necessary to uh, to come here to make that journey to build a new life. Uh, many of us uh, left everything they owned, left graves of their ancestors, mm. with uh, very little hope to ever come back to it, ever again. Yeah. So go through this sacrifice, through very hard labor of building new life, new language, new customs, new everything. Everything, yeah. Building that life only to see it be being threatened yeah. is excruciatingly painful. Yeah. And so that applies to anyone who escaped oppressive regimes, people who come from Cuba, people yeah. who are fighting in Cuba right now and yeah. trying to escape people who came from communist china and escaped uh, after cultural revolution i know a few of those people mm. people who come uh, from north korea who escape with their lives from north korea and people who come from all over the world from anywhere any there's so many places that's right and here we just are taking it for granted right. on our facebook's Right. Throwing these words around, calling each other names, finding no compromise. It's a very entitled way of believing. Right. Margarita, uh, that was amazing. I, I don't, I feel like this little podcast may be so much more impactful than anything we could do because sometimes we as people, as voters, as Americans, as humans, we need that context. We need to be able to see what communism really looks like right so that we're not behaving as though it's already here just so important to to really honor the full situation at hand exactly oftentimes when uh you can imagine people ask us all the time how was um how was it back back there how was it was your life what was different you know those basic questions it is so um huge the difference is mm. so huge it impacts every aspect of your life so it's kind of difficult to pinpoint um one thing sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. that encompasses it all yeah um i saw it on your face when i first asked tell me the differences and you just were like what which one do i choose <laughs> you know of thousands and thousands and millions of things from healthcare to education to housing to a shortage of food to lines to your uh, spiritual life to religion, you know. Everything. My uh, fr I have a friend from South America. I said, hey, what is it like? What's different? North America, South America. And he had the same overwhelmed face, just everything's different, right? Everything. But he said... When you flush the toilet, the water goes the other way. <laughs> right. Yeah. It kind of summed the whole thing up, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly does. And when you tell people, uh, you know, everybody knows that um, those countries have uh, 
shortage of food, you have to stand in line. But when you tell people, you know, um, we grew up with no toilet paper available, mm. their faces change. Yeah. They cannot understand what? That That's so possible. basic. How can that be? You didn't have the basic needs. Oh. Toilet paper? I know. <laughs> so very, very fascinating and very true. Oh my gosh. What year did you come over here? We came here in uh, May of 1988. Oh, right on. The golden years of America. Those mean. were golden <laughs> years indeed. Um, you know, uh, the last years of uh, Reagan uh, and uh, everything flourished. Uh, we were embraced by a community here in San Francisco and uh, Silicon Valley. We were able to build new careers. Uh, our daughter was born as an American citizen. And we were looking into the future with bright eyes and high hopes. I love it. And isn't it so amazing? I just, I want to keep really highlighting this entitlement piece because as i sit here with you you're just so humbled you're so you've you're so proud you've come and worked so hard to i mean you're working from a place to get to a place that most americans will never encounter no matter what our standing here in the states most of us are going to have toilet paper from the start even if we That's don't right. have food in our bellies we're, we're not on that level. And so I guess it always comes down to one question when I see people who are really kind of um, not taking the action to show pride for themselves, uh, their land, their things, their, their, their spirit, all of it. Uh, is it. Is it really your story worse than everybody else's? Because if it isn't, uh, I can't sit here with Margarita and, and make an excuse for anybody that thinks they had it tougher right now. Yeah. Um, most of us who chose to be Americans, mm. came to be Americans, have great pride in being citizens of this country huh. because it was by choice. Mm. So whatever you mean when you say patriot mm. we are true patriots mm -hmm. who don't take it for granted because yeah. we have the backdrop and because we're so have so much to be grateful to this country for yeah that makes us true patriots who want to preserve the precious hope, uh, the hope. hope what that gives every individual the, the right to own their destiny. That's it. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And pursuit right? of yeah. happiness. Exactly. That's amazing. Uh, Margarita Jacobson, it was a pleasure to have you on the county line with us today. It was great to be talking with you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming. To make contact with the Washoe County Republican Party or the county line, please call 775-827-1900 or visit www.washogop.org.